Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back to Sports Day SA. David Woody and Malcolm Blight for tyre power. The big footy final salon. Enter the Vegas competition by four Toyo Open Country Tyres. How good's that, Blighty? Oh, Unbelievable. Up there. Let's welcome man. He's been at a wonderful career, AFL level. Started off as a young man, and he's all he's known is footy, really. Carlton, Adelaide, Glenelg, South Adelaide. His name's Bryce Gibbs, and he joins us now. Hi, Bryce. How are you? Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me on. lot to talk about. Let's start with Port Adelaide. That's probably the most recent. Uh, um, poor performance, really. The, final, the whole final's poor. In fact, perhaps their last six or eight weeks poor. But, gee, when you walked away from that game, they're a long way behind some of the clubs in front of them, and I include Melbourne, Collingwood, uh, the Giants, perhaps even Carlton, and maybe one or two others. How did you see the the game on the weekend? Yeah, it was certainly disappointing if you're a Port Adelaide supporter. Uh, and I mean, they had such a great block throughout the year, you know, winning a record number of games for the club in a row, 12 or 13 or whatever it was, to, to set them up for a top four spot, which we thought might give them the opportunity to, to have a couple of home finals uh, at one point in time. But um, yeah, it just sort of they've really struggled in, in big games, haven't they? And in big moments late in this season. And what was one of their one-woods in that winning streak was their, their contest, their, their stoppage work around the ball. And, and the Giants, we know, have got some really good players in and around the footy oh, yeah. uh, through yeah. the midfield. But, but they just bashed them up, didn't they? And they just wanted the ball a lot more. And, and I, it's chalk and cheese for what we saw earlier in the year when Port were flying to what they dished up in uh, in a essentially it was an elimination final and um, yeah it was left a really sour taste in your mouth mouth if you if you follow the, the power so um, yeah I certainly thought they would bounce back a little bit after a disappointing second half against the, the Lions last week and um, I, I knew the Giants would would wouldn't give it to them easy but I didn't see them smacking them up uh, as as much as they did on the weekend. No, Bryce, the most disappointing thing for me. This is, I mean, I ended up picking Port Adelaide. I thought at home. Four weeks ago, they beat them by 51 points. Now, you can change one or two players. That's not, you know, that's going to shake it a little bit, but it's not going to mean the whole thing. I, something went horribly wrong, either maybe for the GWS when they learnt more. Port learnt nothing out of beating them by 51 points, and that is a bit of a tragedy. Yeah, maybe they thought it might just happen, Blighty, after, after having a good win against them not that long ago, but... Uh, you know, as I mentioned before with the midfield, when, when they were dominating those games, they're obviously winning contest and clearance and playing a forward-half game. And, and we know Port Adelaide's probably deficiencies lie in their back line. So when a team gets on top of them around the ball and driving the ball inside 50 and putting their defence under the pump, they just couldn't couldn't stand up. So, um, uh, you know, finals, I think it's won and lost around the midfield. And and maybe they were a little bit complacent and thought they, uh, you know, they had things in place because they had beaten them, mm-hmm. as you said, by 50 points not that long ago. But um, when it's all said and done, Port Adelaide, uh, even though they've gone on to, to play some good footy at times this year, they just haven't quite stood up when the big games and, and in the big moments when it's counted. Bryce, I reckon yeah, the skill level's chalk and cheese. You, if you have individuals of the Giants up against Port Adelaide, Nearly everyone in that side can kick a footy. Nearly everyone. Maybe maybe one or two. Porter got six or eight. You can't trust with the ball. They, they can get the ball, 
but they can't deliver it. And, and if you can kick a footy halfway, then they've got some incredibly talented um, players, the Giants. I, I think I think they'll push Collingwood. I'm still tipping Collingwood, but they've got the game that can take on anyone. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And they've got a good mix of inside and outside, isn't it? When you think of Green, Ward, uh, Cornelio, uh, in and around the ball, and then getting it out to the guys of like Whitfield and Kelly. And Kelly. Um, it's, it's, it's certainly a dangerous mix. And, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you with the with the Port comment. I mean, Butters and Rosie, if sort of, we know they're actually quite good kicks, uh, Horn Francis, but if they're starved of possession or, or opportunity, um, there's not a whole lot else out there. I mean, um, who, uh, Houston actually kicks the ball yeah, pretty well. Miles um, Bergman's not too bad. Um, Farrell, obviously, they, they like getting the ball in his hands, but if, if the supply's not in and around the ball getting it out to these guys, um, yeah, they, they have struggled in games with their kicking. Uh, playing one of my golf partners today. Well, I did play okay. Thanks, Bryce, for asking. But um, can I just say, they, I, I didn't know this, but and I'm not sure and I haven't done the numbers on it. He was saying in the Ken Hinckley reign that apparently they've only won 30-odd percent when they've played a team in the top eight. Yeah, and yet he's and got 20% top four. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that one. But uh, And yet he's got nearly a 60% win rate. Because they beat... The lower sides, and there's 10 lower sides, aren't they? 10 yeah, to 12 yeah, lower yeah. sides. He I, I wins mean, most a, of those. That's a really interesting mm. stat, isn't it? That what you're saying is that there maybe are, over the journey, we've probably, I probably have too, probably overrated them a bit, if that's right. I've never done it, I've never dealt down that low well, deep into the, into the win loss well, ratio. Well, let's ask Bryce. Bryce, I've always, and I've asked Malcolm this the last two or three years, has Ken Hinckley got the best out of? That squad is uh, is the squad good enough? I mean, could anyone else have got more out of that? Because there are a lot of holes there. You're you, you're relying on Butters and Rosie Houston, maybe a couple others, but there are a lot of holes in that team. Yet he's got them, you know, top four again, but has been able to go on. So is he has he done the best out of that squad, or could someone else you reckon have done better with that squad? Well, you you probably look at six weeks ago, uh, you know, we're probably saying how good of a job he is doing, uh, obviously on off the back of a 13-game yep. win streak yep. and everyone was calling for him to, to sign him up real quick because, you know, he's got this, this team and squad up and humming. So it's it can change quickly. Um, and, oh, oh, look, I mean, I, I just keep hearing the players. Every time the players have had interviews in the media and they've been asked about Ken Hinckley, uh, not only this year, but but years previous, they've always got they always sing his praises and and hold him in high regard and and tell him or tell us that you know, how good of a relationship he's got with all the players and it's hard to to waver from that when you when you're probably the the key um, guys making these decisions on your coach and, and the key stakeholders um, when when the players are you know bought into what the coach is doing that's half the battle sometimes so. Um, then they go on a, an amazing win streak and, and everyone's singing his praises. But then, yeah, I think that, that percentage that you said, Blighty, about uh, not winning against the, the top sides, uh, as I said, I reckon that just backs up my statement that they just haven't been good enough in big games, mm. in big moments, whether that's finals footy or that's top-of-the-table clash or uh, big Friday night games that they're, they're expected to win. They, they just can't get it done. Didn't they, the Crows beat them twice this year, didn't they? Yeah, well, I mean, that, and yeah. well. Well yeah. I, now the other thing is, and I do know this because that's the fifth sudden death final he's lost in his time, and four of them have been at home. I mean, that's 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 nearly sacrilegious, isn't it? Yeah. 
You can't. That's sudden death. Can I just? And I hate to say this, but I'm, I had a look today. I was never involved in a, in a um, straight sets loss in 40, 55 yeah, finals. Quarter 13, 16, 13 wins, 16 losses in finals over the yeah. entire time. But I just, I can remember, you know, the great Ronald Barassi that we spoke about earlier. Mate, if we lost a final. You've got to win the next one. Mate, mate, and I tell you what, I was exactly the same. If we lost a final, we didn't yeah. win the, we didn't we didn't lose the next one. Yeah. Well I suppose, Bryce, on the on the good news, Carlton have been out for so long. It's quite ironic they go back to Brisbane. Was that their last final they played when Vossi was coach of Brisbane against Carlton in Brisbane? Yeah, I think there is some some weird stat around that. So it is fitting that uh he heads up to Brisbane uh, in an elimination final. So going to be probably some mixed emotions for some of the, the Lions supporters. Um, so obviously they'll be happy if they win, but they might uh, still be slightly happy that they'll uh, get bowed out to, to Vossi's Carlton. So, um, yeah, I mean, they were, they played, they played well. There's no doubt about that on Friday night. And uh, it's still, the game's still come down to, to some critical moments. I mean, Melbourne, we know their, their inaccuracy over the last two weeks. Um, and then obviously Gorn had an interesting moment inside Pickett um, as well. So you know the finals sometimes in these arm wrestles, these tight tight tussles, which which is what finals is all about. It does come down to some moments, and I think Carlton were on the luckier side of these moments, uh, probably on Friday night, and they're able enough to to come away with a, a, a small win. Bryce Gibbs, all thanks to Toolkit Depot. Toolkit Depot, tools, equipment, safety, gear and workwear. Have a look them up. Toolkit Depot, they're online and in store. How do you feel, um, Bryce, for the guys that finally get to a final? You play with them, you know, Crips, the guys have been there for a long while. Weedering's another one, probably three or four others. Um, you, you pleased for them? Oh, absolutely. And I think it was the last time Carlton won a final was the last time I played for them in 2013. So it had been a long time coming, but there was a lot of talk, uh, I think, last week when they played Sydney about, um, you know, not Carlton not playing in finals and Sydney coming off a grand final and had a lot of uh, finals experience. Would that be a key factor in the game? And, and I sort of didn't buy into that. I mean, Carlton, whether they're bottom of the ladder or they're top of the ladder, still playing big games throughout the year when you talk of the rivalries with Collingwood and Essendon and yep. and these big, big clashes. So in terms of crowd and noise and, and expectations to win these games, there's still, even though they haven't played in finals in big games, I still think those big rivalry games count. That's the next best thing to finals. So they would have played, obviously, in, in multiple of these games over that 10-year period without playing finals. So I knew that the, the experience thing wasn't going to be an issue. And you, you just look at some of those names that you said, Cripps, um, Kerno, although he was getting double and, and mm. triple tagged on the weekend, he'll be pretty happy to see Harry Mackay come back in the side to, to help him out a little bit. But Sam Walsh is another one that's just was ready for the big stage. His last two weeks have been absolutely unbelievable. And, and Weedering, um, Doherty, uh, with one arm, still finds a way to have some, <laughs> some big impact late in yeah. the game with, with, with a busted shoulder. So these guys, um, I'm so pleased that they get the taste of it. And, you know, you've just got to be playing well at the right time of the year to, for anything to happen. And we've seen them do that in the last two weeks. It's an amazing game, Bryce, isn't it? Uh, you know, earlier in the year, Michael Voss was no good, useless. Let's get rid of him. What are we going to do? The team was struggling a bit, and they had that magnificent team meeting. We've all been involved in them. 
the longer you're in footy, the more you hear about them. And all of a sudden, the magic meeting worked. And it would have been just blokes having a chat, maybe even having a quiet beer and just getting on with it. But the, did, you, did you hear anything about that magic meeting they had? Yeah, I think it was they headed down to Torquay or, yeah. or down the coast somewhere. And, and as you said, it, it probably can be built up more than, than what they actually are. But it was more just a, an opportunity when you get in those situations to, to spend time together. Um, you know, they might have a couple of honest conversations and it's all about sticking together when, when your backs are against the wall and, and things aren't quite going your way. So um, it's not the, the first time that's happened to a team that has been struggling and then we're able to turn it around. But uh, yeah, as you mentioned, the, everyone was calling for Voss's head. Uh, Cripps was no good. He, he was washed <laughs> yes. up now. And then it's pretty quick how it uh, can all turn around. I'm, I'm pretty proud of the club too, just, just sticking to the process because we know Carlton in the in the past have probably gone the easy option and, and pulled the trigger, you know, sacking a coach or making some some list changes pretty quickly, whatever it is. So uh, I'm glad they stuck to the course and and they're getting rewarded for that now. Yeah, well said. I, I couldn't agree more. That I mean, a lot of clubs just jump, don't they? I mean. He's a decent human being. He obviously knows his footy, Vossie. But what I, I just could not believe, 96,000 plus at the MCG. The yeah. noise through yeah. the TV. Well, it's a grand final. It, I mean, Proud, isn't it? It was just amazing. It was electric. I, I just, I, I got hairs on the back. Went, this is unbelievable. You know, the Carlton faithful, didn't they attend in droves? More Carlton and Melbourne, oh, weren't they? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I read a stat uh, that there was more at that game than there was in the 95 grand final or something. There was, that's the biggest crowd they've played in Gee. since uh, the, the grand final before that. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy when you, you think of that. But um, after watching the Sydney game on, on TV, I thought, stuff this, I'm not missing out on this. So we jumped in the car on, on Thursday, took the family. Oh, uh, we're in attendance yeah. for the game. And, um, yeah, I, I didn't hurt a crowd like that. Uh, carry on and, and go bananas like they did as a as a player or supporter. It was uh, it was pretty special to to sit in the crowd and, and watch all that unfold. Um, you know, not many uh, the nails, not many left on the fingertips, <laughs> but um, towards the end there. But yeah, it was uh, it was pretty pretty amazing and pretty special to be a part of. First prelim in twenty three years. Uh, just to conclude our little segment view, uh, we see Sturt going to a grand final. Mm. Glenelga being the Probably the best side all year, really, and, and they did beat Sturt by 20 goals in about round six or seven. Um, how do you see the grand final? Yeah, I, I think probably the, the two the two best sides all year, fittingly, will, will play off in the grand final. We know the Crows uh, and Port Adelaide sides, when they've got their you know AFL-listed players and with no injuries, they're certainly very hard to beat. But um, in terms of consistency over, over the, the year, these two two teams have been standout um, in my eyes. So uh, I think Sturt might have got them in round one, so that they, they might be one apiece um, throughout the year. But um, it'll just be depend. I suppose you look at it in two ways. Sturt have obviously been playing the last couple of weeks, and, and Glenelg get uh, you know play one game in, in three weeks. So yeah. depends which way you look at it. Would you rather go in with a little bit sore, but a bit of continuity from week to week, or is it better to go in fresh uh, but without playing? Uh, against opposition much uh, in three weeks. So two, two sides um, that have been really good all year. I think I think Glenelg should go in favourites. They've got um, not many deficiencies throughout the, the whole ground. Uh, you know, we all know how potent their forward line is. And if they can supply, uh, you know, those guys with enough ball, Reynolds, McBean, Hosey, um, yeah. 
with with enough service, I think they might be able to get on top. So uh, I hope it's a close game. Um, should be a cracker, and uh, looking forward to uh, calling it uh, on SEN uh, live on Sunday. Yeah, I, 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 they played a kick mark. I, I was surprised to see. I mean, they tackle hard, but they frustrated the Crows by just keeping the ball off them. Is that their normal style? Just a, they're prepared to go, you know, fifteen meter kicks and then then sort of bang it in when they get closer to goal. Yeah, it was a little bit surprising. I certainly think it was a, a tactic from, from Marty Matt to, to keep the ball off the Crows. Um, they smacked him in and around the contest as well. So once they, they won the ball, they just kept it off him and, and made him defend because I think if you were to get into a, a slingshot with a team like the Crows who are you know, really they're running powers through the roof and they, they use the ball quite well, that's when they can hurt you. So it was a pretty smart tactic. It didn't make the game very exciting, but... Uh, just their ability to, to hold possession of the ball, make the Crows defend and kick enough of a score to hold on. Uh, that's all they really needed to do. So, yeah, it was pretty smart, actually, by, by the Sturt Footy Club. Should be a great game. See you Sunday, Bryce. Looking forward to it, Wilds. Bryce Gibbs there, played for Carlton, obviously. Drove over. How good's that? Fantastic. Drove over to see his old Fantastic. team and a few of his teammates. Yeah. Max Gorm, we spoke about it. Boy. He only had to shepherd it through, Blighty. What's he doing? Yeah, He's almost... I just yeah, I reckon he what? made a decision. I, I, I reckon, I reckon the other guy could have touched. I reckon the guy could have touched. Maybe he did. Yeah, yeah but just looked bad with Gorn the last. Yeah, hand I know. There, but it? yeah, but, but he he went to go, and I, I didn't mind that. I'd rather that than not do anything. Yeah, fair enough. Bryce Gibbs, our guest.